Welcome back to another episode of Porn in the Gospel, guys. I'm glad to be here with you. My name is Spencer Sutton, and today we are, we're just really going to continue this story that we see unfold here in 1 Samuel because I think it's highly important. And this, this, what I'm about to talk to you about today is one of the number one issues that I see in men who are struggling with pornography like this thing must be settled and it and it revolves around your identity because the truth is and i've said this before and i'll say it again probably even before the end of this podcast the truth is that you and i are always doing something or not doing something based on who we believe ourselves to be and god is extremely clear throughout scripture of who we are in Christ. Peter talks about it. Paul talks about it. So I want us to, to really um, consider this because this pattern that we're seeing in God's people plays itself out over and over and over again in scripture and also plays itself um, out in our own lives, like over and over and over again. So let's look at this. Um, so we've just seen this victory by the Lord. He saved the people from the Philistines. He thundered with this amazing power and crushed their enemies before them. And so it goes on. First Samuel seven fifteen says, and Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. And so now a lot of time has passed because here we are in chapter eight of first Samuel. And it says, when Samuel became old, he made his sons judges over Israel. Verse three, yet his sons did not walk in his ways, but turned aside after gain. They took bribes and perverted justice. So what we're noticing here is that the cycle of judges is repeated here in first Samuel. So um, the cycle of judges is, is really very obvious to see the people sin. They turn away from God. They're defeated by their enemies. They, under this oppression, they cry out to God. He raises up a judge and saves them, and they have peace throughout the judge's reign. And then when the judge passes away, they fall back into sin. So this is the same thing that's happening here. So Samuel's old, and what he does is, is he decides to appoint his sons as judges. Yet it doesn't say here, it doesn't say that God instructed him to do this, like, He's just following the pattern that he saw Eli do. And we all know what happened with that. That was a, that was a disaster. So this too turned out to be a poor decision because his sons have done what? They've taken bribes and they've perverted justice. And, and how many times do we think, I mean, how many times do we do things that we believe like this is the right way to go without waiting on God. Like I do this all the time. So let's, let's continue that. I digress. That's a different, whole different subject. <laughs> so verse four, then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Rama or Rama and said to him, behold, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to be judges, just judge. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like all the nations. And so the people 
are growing weary of Samuel's sons and perversion of justice, and they decide to do something about it. Like they want to take matters into their own hands. And the horrible thing is they want to look just like all the other nations around them. And it displeases both Samuel and God. Verse six says, but the thing displeases Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, obey the voice of the people and all that they say to, to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. All right. So let's look at, I just want us to, to think about verse four and five for a second here, because it says, then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel. So I want you to understand something like it is easier for me to be okay and at peace with sin and rebellion against God if I see or believe that others are doing the same thing. Look, they gathered together to come and complain to Samuel to reject God. They gathered together. And it's very, very easy for us to to rationalize our sin in our minds if we think, well, other people are doing it. And, and just going back to the last podcast episode is this is taking God lightly. This is saying, well, if other people are doing it, then I can do it. Well, I know other guys struggle with porn. So therefore, you know, listen, this is just a problem we all have. I can't tell you how many men I've spoken with who've said, I have always believed that I would struggle with this forever. Part of the rationalization is, is that other men must be struggling just as bad as me. And then look at verse five. And they said to him, behold, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. So what is this? We just have to we have to realize that it's, it's not only is it much easier for me to do, for me to rebel against God's rule and reign in my life, if I've convinced myself that, you know, this is kind of normal for Christians, but they're also the stories they're giving as their excuses. Like we have stories that will justify our behavior. And so the stories, the two stories that the people, that the elders of Israel are telling themselves are number one, Samuel, you're too old. And we're going to see that that's not true later on because God does something amazing through Samuel, even in his old age, when Samuel prays that Lord would send thunder and rain on the crops and, and God does it. And the people were just amazed. They were blown away. So that's not true. It wasn't a true story. He wasn't too old, but still the story of justification is you are old. And here's the second story. Your sons don't walk in your ways. So what they're saying is, because of these two things, it's okay for us to rebel against God. Because they say, now appoint for us a king to judge us like all the nations. So it's much easier for you and I to rebel against God's rule if our stories align with our sinful desires. So think about all the stories that we tell ourselves when it comes to pornography. Think about it. 
well, one story is, well, if my wife and I were having more sex, I wouldn't need to look at porn. Or another story of justification is I'm so stressed at work or I'm lonely and bored or everyone else is doing it. I'm just, or I'm just going to Instagram to catch up. Well, I'm going to look her up online. She's not a porn star, so it's okay. Well, I can look at these pictures because she's not naked. These are all stories that you play in your head that I've played in my head. Stories of justification and entitlement, they fuel our descent into the pit. So if you hadn't, if you hadn't listened to the episode where I talk about the circle of insanity, it's essentially the cycle of the judges. It's falling into sin, being captured by the enemy. You find yourself in slavery to sin. You're in the pit. You call out to God. He comes and saves you, forgives you. You feel good about yourself for a while. And then the next thing you know, you're back at it again. Like God hears our stories. They're not hidden from him. And just like the people here are rejecting God as their king, we do the same thing. So what are the people rejecting when they are asking for a king like all the other nations? Well, simply, they are rejecting the identity of being God's people. Like God says, this is, you are not going to live like all the other. I'm going to be your king. I'm going to appoint judges to judge through me. My rule and reign is most important, but the people are saying, no, 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 no. We want our own king to look like all the other nations so that they can go and fight our battles for us. God, we know that you fight battles, but we want to look like other kings. We want to look like other nations so that these kings can fight for us. So they're rejecting the identity of being God's people. Like They want to be like every other nation. And God's people have done this since day one. Look at verse eight. He says, according to all the deeds that they have done from the day I brought them out of Egypt, even to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods. So they are doing to you. So he's talking to Samuel there. Like, think about it back in the Exodus. What do the people want to do? They wanted to go back to Egypt. Oh, if we were just back in Egypt, if we were just back in slavery, if we were just back looking like we used to look before God called us out as his people. Oh, no, no, no. This is too hard. Like this is too difficult. This life of faith of trusting God to lead us and to feed us and to clothe us and to give us victory. It's too hard. We want to go back to slavery. And this is the same pattern that we fall in today. So what does God do? He tells Samuel, give them a king, but first, but before you give them a king, I want you to warn them. I want you to let them know what it's going to be like to take on this new identity apart from me. So in verse nine, he says, now then obey their voice. Only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. So let's think about this. As God's people, have they ever been harshly ruled by him? Have they ever been without clothing or food 
or livestock? <laughs> no. When they came out of slavery, what happened? What did God cause them to do? They plundered the Egyptians. In scripture, it says that they, they walked throughout the desert for 40 years and neither their clothes wore out, their sandals didn't wear out, nothing like that happened. Like under God's good reign, have they ever been defeated by their enemies? No, never. So what's the warning by Samuel to the people? Well, it's found in 1 Samuel 8, 10 through 17, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I just want you to know Samuel lays this all out, and he uses a specific word six different times, and the word is take. He's like, okay, this is what, like he says, Samuel says, these will be the ways of the king who will reign over you, and then he goes into, he tells them what it is. He will take your sons. He will take your daughters. He will take the best fields and vineyards and olive groves. He will take a tenth of your grain. He will take your male servants and female servants. He will take a tenth of your flocks, and you shall be his slaves. God's laying it out. This new identity that you've chosen to be like all the other nations, these kings that you're going to be asking for, they're going to take, 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 take. And verse 18, and in that day, you will cry out because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves, but the Lord will not answer you on that day. Verse 19 is shocking, like shocking. But the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, no, but there shall be a king over us that we also may look, may be like all the nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. So even though there came a warning, this new king is going to take, take, take. You're going to, you are going to be oppressed. You think that this king is going to be something good for you? No, no, no. He is going to oppress you. These kings are going to oppress you and take from you. When you reject the identity of Christ, of God, and we chase after other idols of sex and money and notoriety and fame and whatever and work. And we pour ourselves into our jobs, our bodies, our relationships apart from Christ. These things are takers. They're not givers. They're takers. And they will cry out for the gracious and giving rule of God, but he will not answer them because they've rejected their identity as his children is what it says. So, brother, do you cling to your old identity from this world? Why do we insist on our own way and reject the reign of Christ? who came not to take from us, but to serve and then to give his life as a ransom. God is a giver. And, and in this twisted, like in our twisted minds, we believe the lies of Satan, 
we tell ourselves lies that justify our sinful desires that are in our hearts, we're not going to war with those by the truth of God's word. We're, we're believing the stories that we're telling ourselves. We look to all kinds of human effort to fight our battles with porn, but guess what? To no avail. Like, we'll try anything. We will try anything except total surrender to the true king and just simple steps of obedience that he promises to bless. So the people asked for this king or kings, and God warns them. They reject him. They say, no, give us, give us, give us. We want this king to take from us. And so they do. And the story goes on. And we don't have time to really go into it, but Samuel, he has a final kind of word for them after they've anointed Saul as king. And it's kind of his farewell speech. And he says this, which is really beautiful. Verse 23 of chapter 12, he says, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. And I will instruct you in the good and right way. So Samuel, like, even in the rebellion, Samuel's like, I, I will not cease praying for you. I won't give up. I won't give up. And I'm going to instruct you in the good and the right way. And he, and he gives them this. He tells them this in verse 24. Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you. So you see Samuel. who says, I'm going to intercede on your behalf to God. Like, I'm going to intercede. So we know that Christ is even now living. Samuel's not living, and he's not interceding anymore. He, he had his time with these people of Israel, but Christ today is interceding for us even now. Praying and asking for God to be with us and bless us and give, give us freedom freedom and liberty from sin. And then this beautiful passage, this beautiful thing, he says, only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart for consider what great things he has done for you. And so that word considered made me think of a passage and I got to pull it up here because I didn't, didn't have it pulled up. I'm going to go to Romans chapter six. And Paul's telling, writing the church, and he's saying, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? So Paul's saying, you, you've got a new identity. Like, the old identity is dead. You died to sin. Do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. He's like, this is your new identity. That sin and death and all of these things are gone. And you have the ability through the power of the Spirit to walk in newness of life. For 
If we have been united with him in a death like his, which he's saying we have, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self, your old sinful self, porn addicted self, was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Your old identity is gone. You are free from the power of sin and death in your life. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, this is new identity, we believe that we also will live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion on, over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. Okay, verse 11 is the key. Like Paul just went in these first 10 verses and said, you are brand new. Like you have a new identity. Why would we ever live as if we were like the other nations? We've been brought out from the world. We've been separated from the world. He says, be holy as God is holy. So this is the sanctification. We are to seek sanctification. Seek sanctification. God, change us, mold us. And so verse 11 is the key. He says, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. That word consider is the same word that Samuel says. He says, only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart for consider what great things he has done for you. Do you want to know how you start to experience freedom in Christ and joy in Christ? It's by considering, by thinking deeply on, especially in regards to action. Like, God, how can I think deeply about my new identity in Christ? How can I do it? Lord, I'll do it by opening your word and reading and believing everything that you tell me is true about me. I'm going to look at all the promises that you say are true. Doesn't matter what, what my life looks like. Like you, you promise these incredible things. You promise that if I hunger and thirst for righteousness, I will be filled. God, where can I find like the patterns of righteousness? Where can I know what this looks like? I can find it in your word and I can pray, God, fill me up with a passion to serve you. God, give me joy in Christ, more joy in Christ than anything else in this world. Guys, we, we need to take this warning seriously. Because you and I both know that porn is a taker. It takes away your peace. It takes away your security. It takes away a lot of us. It takes away your money takes away your assurance of salvation, takes away your relationships, it leads to death. Read the first several chapters of Proverbs. You'll see what the, the wayward woman can do to a man. But, guys, we have a gracious, gracious Heavenly Father he loves uh, Spurgeon. I read this quote from Spurgeon yesterday. I think he says, we have a God who loves to forgive more than we love to sin. 
(laughs) Praise God for the sacrifice of Christ. He's not angry with you. He's not mad at you. He loves you. He wants to rule over you and to give you all things that are good. He wants you to accept his rule and reign in your life. But when we choose the rule and reign of just to look just like the nations around us, we will be miserable because we're not, we're not doing the things that the children of God should do. This is an identity issue. Remember, like I said at the very beginning, we are always doing something or not doing something based on who we believe ourselves to be. So who are you? Well, I have to every single morning, like this is where I was, it's Monday morning. And this morning I had to get up early to do what? To remind myself who I am. I had to remind myself of my identity. I had to open the scripture. I had to read it. I had to believe what God says. Like I had to build my faith over and over. Like this is not a one and done thing. This is a daily, daily thing that we must do. I mean, we become so addicted to social media. We become so addicted to other things that suck hours upon hours out of our life. Yet we refuse to do the one thing that gives life. We're addicted to everything that takes life but not addicted to the one thing that gives life. If if I have a prayer for you, like my prayer is that that God would give you an addiction to his word and to prayer and to intercession and to love for your brothers. My prayer is that many of you would find freedom from pornography and that you would not be silent about it, but that you would open up and say, God has given me this freedom so that I can help other brothers, that I can bear their burdens pray for them, reach out to them, check on them, encourage them. And encourage them in what? Encourage them in the truth of God's word, which is this beautiful story of how God has taken a people who were not and has made them his own and called them out of this world to be separated to be light and salt, to demonstrate the love of Christ to other people, because when we do that, the glory of God shines the brightest. All right, guys, that is it. I hope you all have an incredible week this week. And um, reach out to me if you ever need anything. Spencer at naturalpornkiller.com. And um, Also, let me give this last thing. I hadn't said this, I don't think, in the past couple. If you would leave a review on the podcast, uh, that would be awesome. Like Apple iTunes is where you can do that. I think easiest, leave a review. It helps other people if they find it, then they're more inclined to listen to it. If there are some reviews, not only like the five stars, but if you comment, that would be phenomenal. I would greatly appreciate it. All right, brothers, I'll be back with another episode of Porn and the Gospel.